Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and today is a live show. So if you want to call in with questions or comments regarding our topic today, please feel free to do that. The number is 323-870-4602. Now, before I introduce you to the founder of Purple Vine, uh, which offers Alzheimer's and dementia caregiver support, I'm going to do just a few shout-outs. And first, I always like to shout-out to the Mark Arneson Band for allowing us to use their song, Clarion Call. You can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. And for those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. Our goal is to raise all voices, big and small, around the world because we are so much better together. And I surely know that because my own mom lived with dementia for 30 years. Um, We also just launched our updated website, so please check out alzheimerspeaks.com. We have one whole free page uh, or uh, one whole page of free educational resources, and there you can find out about our support groups that we do, um, dementia chats, which are videos, um, dementia map. There's just all kinds of stuff there, um, tools you can download, and so forth. And then, if you haven't heard about Saltbox TV, please check that out. That is a new online streaming service that is free, and it was especially designed for seniors. I also just received um, in my email yesterday, there are a couple of um, groups that I wanted to announce. One is Women of Faith Caregiver Support Group. That meeting is held by Zoom every fourth Saturday of the month at 2 o'clock Central Time, and you can get a hold of them by emailing them at email, I'm sorry, emailing them at womenoffaith007 at gmail.com. And there is also another exciting thing that uh, this group in collaboration with others is rolling out, and it's the Journey to Cross Ministries with uh, Pastor Jeanette Jordan. And so they are going to be um, doing a service Sunday, July 31st at 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. And you can um, also contact that same email that I gave you to get more information on that group. And then, of course, the Memory Camp at Moon Beach still has openings for August 15th to the 18th. This is for people living with dementia as well as their families to just go experience a wonderful, relaxing um, set in nature and meet other like-minded people that are dealing with the same thing. You can call them at 715 479 
1-800-242-8255. Now, we are going to go ahead and hear about the footbar walker through the adaptive equipment and caregiving corner, and we will be right back and start having our chat with Debbie. I love the footbar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. That if you haven't checked out that company, well, actually both of them, please go ahead and do that because they, um, the adaptive um, caregiving uh, equipment, um, they have so many phenomenal resources. And the footbar walker is just one of them that you can tap into. Now we are going to be talking with Debbie Compton, who is a three-time caregiver and an author of nine books. And, you know, we're not going to stop there because she is also a certified caregiver consultant, an advocate, a community educator with the Alzheimer's Association, and keynote speaker. Uh, Debbie's mission is really to empower caregivers to live their best life. So welcome, Debbie. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm happy to be here with you. Well, we're going to have a fun conversation, um, but at first I always like to ask people if they've been personally touched by dementia, and I said you were a three-time uh, caregiver, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that, and we'll dive a little bit deeper. Yes, it has definitely affected my life. My grandparents, they actually said that my grandmother had, was senile which now we know that she had Alzheimer's. But back then, they really didn't have a good definition and testing and things, and so senile was the term that they used. And then my dad developed Parkinson's, and my mother developed vascular dementia, and my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's. So it's definitely touched, impacted, like a bus ran over my life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, what made you decide to step into the role of of caregiver in each of those well, roles? It uh, it wasn't on my to do list. Uh, it's just <laughs> as so many caregivers that we talk to, this it was not in the game plan. But this is kind of what happens. We have our plan in mind, and I was in upper level management, traveling coast to coast. Uh, leading a team nationwide and just had everything planned out the way it was supposed to be. And God said, nope, that's not it. <laughs> so so uh, they they had more issues and 
I became a full-time caregiver. The need yeah. was there. I didn't sign up for it either. It wasn't it wasn't on my wish list or my to do list. In fact, I didn't even know that it really existed. And uh, I found, and I don't know if you found yourself doing this, but I, you know, I worked in residential real estate for like 25 years, and so I dealt with a lot of people going through transitions. And I always uh-huh. imagined my parents being um, 10 years younger, so that I never had to deal with the concept of thinking about what about if they get older and then all of a sudden mom's got dementia and dad's got brain cancer and well that blew that theory out of the water really quick (laughs) it's yes and that's kind of the way with us too I mean we were busy you're wrapped up in your own life and like I said I was traveling and so but I was on the east coast and my dad who had low blood pressure and Parkinson's accidentally took my mother's pills and she had high blood pressure and so he was nearly comatose and had to be rushed to the hospital and then I was on the other coast and my mom passed out at the daily living center from a sudden blood pressure drop and she had to be rushed to the hospital and so those were really stressful times because I could not get there right away and I felt like I really needed to be so there was a lot of stress And then I was in Colorado when my mother-in-law, who we knew was having some issues, but we really didn't realize how much because she lived in a little town about an hour and a half from us. And -hmm. I think as most people can probably relate, when someone is starting to have these issues and have problems, they hide it. They don't Mm -hmm. want you to know. And so she hid it really well when we would come in to visit. And uh, But I was in Colorado, and she locked herself out of her house in the middle of a snowstorm and did not have the cognitive abilities to walk next door to the neighbor's house. Instead, she sat in her car for eight hours until her daughter got off work. So that was a huge wake-up. Yeah. I mean, that was a huge wake-up call for us. It's like she could have so easily died right there. So Mm. that's when we had to step back and, and evaluate and go, okay, everybody's getting worse. We have to do something. So, you know, voila, instant caregiver. <laughs> wow. You know, we, we had a similar situation in our family where my, my dad had brain cancer, so he's in a weakened state. My mom uh, had dementia. They were going out one winter. They lived at the lake at the end of the peninsula, and they couldn't travel anymore. Mm-hmm. So they were really the only ones left on the peninsula. And my mom slipped and fell on the ice. And I won't go into the whole story because it's oh. actually kind of comical. And I talked to them probably three or four times a day. I was two hours away, so not not across, you know, the country, but still, uh, uh-huh. you know, felt felt kind of lost. And uh, we didn't hear about that fall until August. And oh my. and my dad tried to, you know, kind of hide it and you know, from all of us. And my mom just innocently was rubbing her, her knee. And I said, what happened? And, and she had this clarity of, of the moment and said, oh, I, I fell this winter. And I'm thinking, well, how do I not know that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but again, it was hiding stuff because dad didn't want us to know um, how serious things were. And that was a huge, huge wake up call for, for us as well. It just, um, it's it's really a difficult thing to maneuver between your own personal denial and then them hiding mm-hmm. it. Um, and, yes. and it seems, it kind of seems like that's everybody's story initially. Is that what you found mm-hmm. as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, I didn't know enough. 
And so I felt like in the beginning that mom just wasn't trying hard enough to remember. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, mom, focus. You know, if you would just pay attention and focus, then you'd remember this. And that's what my dad's response to her was as well. He just wrote it off because she just wasn't paying attention. She was doing something else and it's no big deal. But because my mom was the first one diagnosed, but she was high functioning. She just, you know, didn't remember things and would misplace things and couldn't couldn't figure her checkbook. But then she never could. So it really wasn't an indicator for her. Mm-hmm. So there are lots and lots of signs that I now know that I did not know then. And so having gained all this knowledge and gone through all this training and certification courses and things, then I look back and go, Oh my goodness. Yeah, this was going on for a long time. For a mm-hmm. long time, but I didn't know all the warning signs, so I didn't recognize it. And none of us did. Yep. Well, and the you know, the conversation it is elevated, but it's still way too muted, and we have yes. to have more of these everyday conversations going on so that people can can look cuz I know even and again, you know, my mom lived with it for 30 years. She's been gone since 2014. Um the doctor kept pushing hers off to menopause, even though my mom would ask all the time and he would just poo poo it. And mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're relying on that expertise and it's, it still isn't always there. Do you find that a lot of families have a hard time getting diagnosed and did your family have a difficult time getting diagnosed? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they did. My, uh, my mom, wasn't diagnosed for a long time they just the same thing you know oh it's menopause oh it's she's not paying attention it's this or that it's just you know it's no big deal and my dad but mom didn't know anything was wrong with her either so um that's a different situation she she still has no clue that there's anything wrong with her and she's had vascular dementia for 21 years okay so uh, but oh my goodness i have to tell you I had her in the doctor's office one day, and we're sitting in the doctor's office. She, I know, I hand her a magazine to give her something to do, and she starts reading warning signs of dementia. And I'm mm-hmm. going, oh, no. And, and she's reading it out loud. So everybody uh-huh. in the whole place sitting around can hear this, right? Yep. And so every single sign that she's reading, she has. There's, mm-hmm. there's not a doubt. She's got it severely. She reads all the way through, and I mean – I'm a Christian, so I'm I'm praying, oh, God, help me, help me. I don't know how she's going to react. I don't know what she's going to do. Is she going to burst into tears, give me the right words to say, help me deal with this? And so she finished reading, and she closed the book up, and she just sat there. And I said, Mom, what do you think about that? And she looked up, and she said, well, thank God I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just laughed, and I said, yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. and she started well, reading the article again at the beginning because it was brand new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and there there really isn't, you know, people think, well, there's got to be something you can say or something you can do, but you're not going to change no. their mind. And, you know, people always no. talk about stepping into their reality, which you did do, because yes. no sense getting them all upset yes. and things. Right. Um, well, when they get upset, it makes it worse and it makes the disease progress faster. And I really think that's why Parkinson's took my dad so much faster. It was seven years from the time we got Mm -hmm. the diagnosis until he passed. But he knew something was wrong, and it bothered him, and he was worried about it, and he was stressed about it. And and so that 
makes the disease go faster. My mother-in-law had Alzheimer's, and she was aware that things were wrong, that she couldn't remember things, and it bothered her, and they worried about it. My mom is a happy little camper bouncing around, you know, she has no idea there's anything wrong with her, and it's been 21 years. So, yes, don't add to the stress. Live in their reality. If they say the sky is, you know, whatever, bright purple and pink, who cares? Yeah, agree with them. It doesn't matter, and you don't want to make the disease go faster. So, you know, the monkeys are in the tree by the front door. Yep, yep, they sure are. Well, let's go in the house now. You know, <laughs> yep, yep. let's get away from Just them agree. Yeah, before anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. it's it's such a difficult thing for families to grasp, though, um, yes. to to learn to be playful and creative and calming. They don't they don't understand. I I really don't think they understand um, how crazy they can make things and and uh-huh. amplify, you know, the disorientation by trying to correct uh-huh. instead of, you know, being compassionate in terms of how they care. Um, but once they get right. that, it's such an eye-opener. Such an it's eye a huge opener. relief for everyone involved because mm-hmm. what good does it do to argue with them? And, and especially, like, Dad had hallucinations and delusions. I have mm-hmm. never been around anyone who did that before. And when he mm-hmm. told me the aliens were digging a tunnel from the mailbox and coming up into the house, I had no idea what to say or how to mm-hmm. respond. And so I started researching the web. I was looking for, you know, information on how do I deal with this and what can I do to reduce the occurrence of this happening again. And I found mm-hmm. precious little. I found a lot of information telling me what was going on in his brain, but, you know, this is real talk. So I'm going to tell you, I couldn't care less what was going on in his brain. I wanted mm-hmm. to know how do I deal with it, and yep. and I had trouble finding it, and so that's you know that's what caused me to later on write the first book with practical tips and information. Mm-hmm. So, well, that uh, you know, before we get into your books, I I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, did you feel prepared to be a caregiver, and if not, how the heck did you, <laughs> did you get prepared, and you know, could you have to you want to help them, but you need to help yourself first. And, you know, oh. how did how did you deal with all that? Oh, my goodness. Did I feel prepared? No, not at all. Because just an example I was telling you about, you know, it was just bizarre. And, you know, knowing how do I, how do I react when he takes a ball bat to the chair to beat the alien that isn't there? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just bizarre behavior that I had no clue what to do with, but I was blessed in the fact that in my business life, I did training and development, I did problem solving, and that's how my brain works, is I feel like, you know, if there's a problem, there's a solution too, we just don't mm-hmm. know what it is right now, so we need to dig harder until we find it, and and let's come up with it, and that's my whole take on life, is that there is a solution, let's find it. And so that's the way that I approached the caregiving as well, because I had no idea the bizarre behavior that I would encounter with the three of them. And uh, particularly with my mother-in-law with Alzheimer's, we moved her in with us the last year of her life. And that was just, it was crazy. No one, it's really hard to believe because she was this, Sweet and kind, precious little woman, never said a bad word, didn't raise her voice, never spoke ill of anyone, 
just a real little sweetheart, you know. And all of a sudden, looking at me is this little woman throwing things at me, hitting me when I'm trying to help pull her pants up, cussing me. I mean, it's just, it's like you seem like you're a liar or something because people just can't fathom behavior coming from that person. But I'd like to insert here, too, the thing for caregivers really to remember is it's not that person. It's the disease. Keep mm-hmm. your memories, your fond memories. My mother-in-law was precious and sweet and an angel. The behavior that I saw that last year of her life was not her. That was a mm-hmm. disease. That was coming from the fact that if anyone has any form of dementia, two parts of your brain are dying. They're not just shrinking. They're not just getting smaller. They're dying. Mm-hmm. And so th- they're not trying to give you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Yep. So we just, you know, walk a mile in their shoes. It's tough. It really is. And I think sometimes we we get so self-absorbed, we forget how -hmm. difficult it is, you know, for the person that we're caring for. And that is just such a... Such a critical, critical um, matter to to understand, and you know, trying to be fitting uh-huh. in all the time. I mean, we've all been in those positions where we haven't quite fit in, and we know that people aren't uh-huh. understanding us, um, and we're not comfortable. But that's for a short period of time, even if it's a meeting and it's a couple hours long, you know, it's like, you know, you're getting out of there. But with dementia, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not getting out well, of there. This goes on for no <laughs> seven. And and yes. we all know how exhausting that is. So for me, that was really helpful for mm-hmm. me to remember um, just thinking how scary and exhausting some of this stuff that there that my mom was dealing with and others must be um and yes. and again like you said earlier when we are adding stress to the situation we're we're actually increasing their symptoms and uh-huh. so many times people don't exactly. understand that either um now you have written so many books. I, I just, I kind of just, my jaw just dropped. Going, where did you find the time, and and where did where did this all come from? Or have you known since you were little you were going to be, you know, an author of of many many things? No, <laughs> no, nope. That wasn't on the game plan either. Uh, <laughs> I thought that at some point in time I might write a book, but I thought it would be on recruiting and funny stories that you know, during job interviews and things like that, because people say crazy stuff when they don't have dementia. <laughs> uh-huh. But but no, um, what happened was I had my mother-in-law with us in our house the, the last year, and at the very end I had hospice come in to help me, and they mm-hmm. saw some of the things that my husband and I had created to keep her safe, and they saw the bed alert system that we created, and they a door system to keep her inside and the clothing things that we did. And they said, well, where did you read about this? And I mm-hmm. like my jaw dropped. What? You know, I didn't mm-hmm. read about it anywhere. I created I it. It's called survival. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. well, the traditional things that I found did not work. And so I had to create something that would work in our particular situation. And so that's how we came to this. And so the little the little hospice nurse said, other caregivers need to know about this. This would help other people so much if they only knew what you've done. 
Mm-hmm. And that really hit me. It really stuck into my heart. And I, I prayed about it and prayed about it a lot. And then I realized, okay, this is this is what I need to do. Uh, at that point in time... Oh, did we lose you? Hello, hello, hello. Can you, can you hear me now? We can hear you, yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, I don't know what happened. Okay. Lord only um, knows. Not... Technology at its finest, you know. Oh, I know, I know. I'm not sure where you dropped off either. So, um, but my, uh, you know, the, my mother-in-law was here and wasn't doing well. They were telling me people needed to know about this. So I spent a lot of time in prayer about it. And that's why I wrote my first book, Caregiving, How to Hold On While Letting Go. But I mm-hmm. could not write it right then because I still was a full-time caregiver for my mom. And my mom was living with my younger brother, but I was taking care of all of her, you know, medicine and doctor visits and all that sort of thing. And and then he was staying with her through the night and taking care of the supper and that sort of stuff. So praise God for family. He was a big help. And um, so, but after my mother-in-law passed, I went through something crazy that I'm sure if there are any caregivers on the line that have experienced when their loved one passes, you're all of a sudden uh, at a loss. It's like, what do I do Mm -hmm. now? That person was my world. I did everything for them and I focused solely on them and now they're gone. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And so that's where my answer was, it's time to write this book. So I wrote the book with practical tips and it tells steps and stages as well. But it gives you practical advice. If you're thinking about getting in-home health care, here are some questions you need to ask. If you're thinking about a nursing home, this is what to expect. These are questions to ask. If you're looking at an assisted living, you know, all these things. Because I know when I was faced with those situations, I didn't even know what I didn't know. I didn't know what questions I should have been asking. So I don't want other people to be caught flat-footed like I was. I want them to be able to have an easier time. And so my whole mission is to empower caregivers with the tools that they need in order to live a less stressful and a happier life. How nice is that? Uh, Boy, I wish you were around, you know, when I started my journey. Uh, You know, I, too, was just lost. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. And, and. And like you, I was kind of that fix-it person and problem Uh solver. And so that's kind of what just took over was kind of my natural piece of, okay, we're going to make this better. How are we going to make this better? There's got to be a way (laughs) to make this situation better for all of us. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And um, it's amazing how – how many, you know, services, support, and tools, um, books, products that have been developed by people in the trenches. Uh-huh. It just fascinates me yes. every flipping single time I talk to somebody because I think, oh, thank God. Thank God people are stepping up and stepping in because what would we do uh-huh. if we didn't have if we uh-huh. didn't have people like that in the world? Um it, it's really kind of a scary, a scary thing, I think, um, to not well, to not know about that. Especially since the baby boomers are aging, the number one uh, risk factor for getting Alzheimer's is age. 
we're living mm-hmm. longer. The baby boomers mm-hmm. are all aging. We're getting ready to have an explosion, and we need to be prepared. And so the good news is there's a lot of little companies being formed right now, too, that are supporting caregivers and forming networks to help people stay at home longer and just all sorts of great services, like you said, from people who have been there and recognize the need and then stepping up to meet that need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's exactly. together. Together we can do this. It well, takes a community. You can't caregive by one-on-one. Exactly, exactly. Can you highlight for people the types of books that you've written because they're so diverse? They are. They are Well, and that came about because I'm a very family-oriented person. And so uh, the first one was to help caregivers, caregiving, how to hold on while letting go. All my books are on Amazon, by the way. And um, then the second one, I was over coloring at the Daily Living Center with my mom, and she colored this little dog blue. And this lady started yelling at her. And I was just, I, my first instinct was, stop yelling at my mom, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she's got her own set of issues. I controlled my tongue. We got through it. But my mind is, okay, we got to solve this problem. I'm not going to have this happen. What if this happens when I'm not there? So I created Color Me Calm. And it's mm-hmm. original mandalas that I created because there is no right or wrong. You can color them whatever color you want. Let your creativity soar, and no one can tell you it's wrong. So I mm-hmm. made that for my mother. Then my dad was a preacher, and so scripture brings us comfort. And so I bought a program and figured out how to get a scripture in the middle. And so then I wrote, Faith Lives Here. And it has a Bible verse in the center or an inspirational quote, and then it has original mandalas all around the outside with the same idea that there is no right or wrong. Just color it, whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did that, and then she would, she'll would she read that Bible verse like 30 times while she's coloring that page, and it brings her calm, it brings her reassurance, it, it makes her happy. So it's just it's a win all the way around. And mm-hmm. uh, mom, lo- mom loves to read, and I wanted to keep her reading because it keeps the brain engaged with the words and helps them stay connected longer. So reading mm-hmm. is a great tool. If you have someone with dementia, keep them reading. But mom was having trouble with her eyesight and couldn't read the small print. She was having trouble following plots and couldn't remember main characters and things. So then it, was, then it became a struggle. So mm-hmm. I, again, prayed about that. What can we do? How can we fix this? And I was thinking and thinking on it. Well, then uh, that was when my dad had passed away, and so I went over, and I was going through his things, and I found his briefcase, and in his briefcase, I found a whole bunch of these old church bulletins, and the funny thing about that is dad pastored small country churches, and so if you know about small country churches, if there's a job that no one wants to do, the pastor's wife gets (laughs) to do it, Mm -hmm. So, and my mom became the bulletin maker. When she had four teenagers run around the house at home, she had a typewriter, no spell check, no autocorrect, none of that good stuff. And so she's typing a bulletin. Well, I can only imagine. You get three-fourths of the way down the page and you make a mistake. I'm looking at it going, "Eh, is it really that bad? Do we really need to Mm -hmm. change it? Well, that's what mom did too. And so dad had kept a ton of these bulletins, and I pulled them out, and I was reading them, and I'm just dying laughing. I'm like, these are hilarious. This is perfect. So that's why I created Sunshine for the Soul, and it's S-O-N, Sunshine for the Soul. It has one 
uh, Bible verse or inspira- yeah, one Bible verse, and then it has one inspirational quote, and that's from everybody from Judges and Billy Graham to Dr. Seuss. And then it has one funny story almost exclusively from our life. And a whole lot mm-hmm. of those are bulletin bloopers. And so you can start, that pattern repeats itself all the way through the book. So you can start at the beginning, the middle, or the end. It doesn't matter. And it's always going to make you laugh and bring you joy because, and brighten your day. It's just a short, small, little, quick read with big, large print so that mom could read it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I created that, Sunshine for the Soul. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's so, really cool. And then I used when I had to move her into a nursing home, which broke my heart. But and when I she was passing out and was heavier than me, and it, it was not a good situation. And uh, and so I used that as incentive for the nurses and aides. When I saw someone being extra kind to mom or going out of their way for her, I give them a copy of the book. Mm-hmm. Like here, thank you, I appreciate you. So then it became a challenge to see who all could get the next book. So, <laughs> so it was a good motivator. <laughs> oh, that's Good. neat. That's that's really yeah. neat. Well, I love the variety of the books and in why you chose, you know, to do them and you know, the this it sounds like the simplicity behind each of them in terms of what they have to offer somebody because I think I think sometimes um some books are so complicated they overwhelm families in uh-huh. need and and that is not in my opinion what they need any more stress they just right. need ease right. and knowing and knowing that somebody else out there really understands what the heck they're talking about and and understands uh-huh. what the needs are without even having to ask because they don't even know the questions they should ask right uh, you know right. you don't know what, you don't well, know what you don't know Exactly. And and as a caregiver, you can develop a plan and it might work great in the morning and not at all in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Or it might work not at all in the morning. And, you know, you just don't know. It can work great for two days and then never work great again. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So you need multiple plans. Well, I have two brothers and a sister and we handle, for example, mom's repetition. We handle it four different ways. Each of us mm-hmm. has our own style. And so I put all four of our styles into the book. That way you mm-hmm. don't just have a plan A or a plan A and B. You got A, B, C, D. So mm-hmm. you have options to try. And I also, it's important to me, I don't talk down to anybody. I messed up. I'm the first one to stand in line and say, hey, sometimes I blew it. But mm-hmm. because caregivers need to learn to take it easier on themselves. We're so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we tend to expect this perfection and it's not going to happen anymore. You have to yep. let go of the perfection and be thankful for the moments that you still can enjoy with your love. You know, exactly. be, be thankful for what you've got because it's a horrific disease. And, and this is pretty sad, but it's just going to get worse. That's the reality. Yep. So yep. be glad for what you have today because it's going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know at what pace either. And so, and and that's one of the things everybody wants to know. Well, you know, what's the plan? How do we set up? Well, good luck figuring that one out because everybody's different. And, you know, (laughs) it doesn't doesn't follow this linear line at all. It kind of jumps up and Mm -hmm. down. And, um, 
you know, I I also found from talking with people with dementia, which I found really interesting, they say no matter, you know, what chart you use, if it's one to three, one to four, one to seven as far as stages, um, they tell mm-hmm. me over and over again, they go through all the stages every day. They just don't tell their care partners because they don't want them to worry. But they say they're mm-hmm. like emotions. You don't just stay yeah. in one lane all day. You know, someone cuts you off in the car right. or says something rude and it ticks you off and it changes your mood. And, um, yeah. You, yeah. You, you know, just little things, little things like that. And, and we're so good at blaming the disease. And sometimes it's just life. It's just life that right. gets in the way. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I've always found that really really interesting in and of itself. I do want to remind uh, listeners, if you do have a question or a comment or a story uh, that you want to add to the conversation, you can call in at 323-870-4602. That is 323-870-4602. I know so many people listen after the fact, you know, just because of the podcast Uh variables that they can do, but I'd like to give people that opportunity there. Um, of your sure. books, um, Debbie, is there a favorite that you have, or does it depend on what you're going through at the moment? It depends on what I'm going through. And one um, one benefit that I hadn't even considered or thought about at the time, I've got a girlfriend going through chemo, and she mentioned to me how she spends so much time and doesn't have anything to do while she's doing chemo, so she likes to, you know, she was thinking about starting doing adult coloring. So I was like, Mm -hmm. aha, and I sent her a couple of books, and she just absolutely loved them. So it's not just for caregivers and care receivers, but it can be for people in a situation like with the chemo where they have to be still and not move around and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but they, and it helps to unwind. I like the fact that you can take one pattern, one page, and duplicate it and color it two different times, and it looks totally different. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of that is affected by your mood, by the colors that you choose and the color palettes and things. So you can you can still create something fun and something different, and it's a stress reliever. The mm-hmm. uh, I forgot to mention, I wrote um, Write to Remember. That's W-R-I-T-E, Write to Remember, mm-hmm. which is a journal. And it is a big, fat journal. It's not a little skinny one. And it can be, if you don't write but one or two lines, then it can be a five-year journal because I give you mm-hmm. a full page for each day. And it has some little inspirational quotes scattered throughout it and a couple of small pictures and different things like that in it as well. But I did that because journaling helps you as a caregiver to release those emotions and to let go of that stress. And also when you're trying to decide and you're trying to figure something out, writing it down can help you think through it and see it more clearly. The the other thing that was the reason I wrote it is because I wrote down, and I had encouraged caregivers to do this, write down the funny little things that happen. Mm-hmm. Because those, those will bless you later. And then you can look back and laugh. You can remember the times of laughter that you had. Even though you're going through this horrific disease, funny things happen. So yeah. remember, remember, focus on them. Well, and you have to laugh during this disease or you're going to drive yourself just crazy. Um, And to me, I think that's one of the biggest things that people give away is, you know, and to me that's one of the most precious things 
in any relationship is that laughter. And it's like, so I always tell people, uh-huh. don't let it go. You know, hold, hold right. on to that. Right. Hold on to that. It's just so uh-huh. very, very precious and uh, so important. And, it, you know, it it changes your body chemistry and it yes. lightens things. It puts things into perspective. I mean, it, it, there's uh-huh. so many wonderful things that happen through that whole that whole process of laughter. Do you have any silly moments, like you know, with either your mom or dad or your mother-in-law, <laughs> that, that just stick out in your head? Oh my goodness, I have so many. I mean, so many. <laughs> mm-hmm. One day, um, for my dad. He lost his dentures. We couldn't find his dentures. We looked Mm -hmm. high and low. We looked all through the entire house. Could not find the dentures anywhere. And I knew they had Mm -hmm. to be somewhere in the house. And so finally, I mean, we live in Oklahoma, and so we drink sweet tea. So Mm -hmm. finally I'm like, Dad, let's just sit down and have a sweet tea, and let's relax a little bit and think, and let's think about where we didn't look, and then we'll probably find them. So Mm -hmm. I go into the freezer and open up the freezer put my hand in his ice bucket that's there and pull out his dentures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's like, why are the dentures in the ice tray? I don't know. But, you know, and I've discovered through the years, that's happened to a lot of people, is mm-hmm. that the dentures wind up in the ice tray. So, you know, I don't know. It's crazy. But there's a lot. And And one thing, too, I mean, sometimes you have to adjust what you think is funny, and you just have to look and find the funny and let yourself laugh. I uh, I took my mom and my mother-in-law both to go to the doctor, and so we went to the doctor's office, and we got there and everything, and I was stressed trying to get the two of them around because, you know, one with Alzheimer's, one with vascular dementia, and so you get one fully dressed and set her on the couch, and while you're getting the other one dressed, that one's pulled all her clothes off and, mm-hmm. you know, is is going somewhere else and so then you're trying to dress her and the other one's doing it and I'm like oh you know (laughs) so I finally and that's that's part of why I developed this other clothing system because my little mother-in-law was a just a quick change artist she had to change all the time constantly so we finally it was it was something else but we finally get to the doctor's office and we're sitting down in the we sit in the waiting room and You know, you just sit down and then just exhale because we made it. You know, we did good. It's like we're here. Both of them have glasses on. Both of them are fully clothed. They both have shoes on. And when I was thinking they both have shoes on and I looked down, I noticed that my mother had two different shoes on. Mm -hmm. And then I, and my initial response is, oh, my gosh, how could I do this? I messed up. And then I thought, no, no. You know what? This is a win. We got here fully dressed, with teeth, on time, and glasses, it's a win. So. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've all done that, you know, at one time or another. I'll never forget showing up for a networking meeting, and I was getting dressed in the dark because my husband was still asleep, and it was a really early one. And I and I got there, and I had a, a dark blue and a black shoe, and I had no idea. And someone goes, mm-hmm. oh, there's a conversation starter. You know, there's our icebreaker. They look <laughs> out of my feet. And I'm thinking... You know, and so you would you would laugh at that. So again, you know, you yeah. just gotta you gotta let it go and um and have yeah. you know, have some humor. I mean you don't wanna laugh at them, you wanna laugh with them that this right. is just a silly thing in life that happens and you can get yes. stressed out about it and you can get upset with them and what good does that uh-huh. do 
either of you, let oh. alone anybody around you, or you can just go, well, this is, this is going to be one to remember, you know, and that's, that's it, kind of a phrase exactly. that I learned for myself is this is going to be one to remember. And, yeah. and there oh, are some of so the most, true. and aren't they some of the most precious memories that you have of yeah. giving care? I, they just kind of melt you my heart. You sound like you have one. You sound like you oh. have a, a, one of those memories, too. Oh, there, there's like a million what is it? of them. Well, I my, know, mom, right? my, my we brought my mom up to the, the cabin, and it was winter, and she got into the foyer. And she uh-huh. she slipped somehow. I don't know how, but she was down on the ground. So my daughter was there who was, I don't know, probably 16, and myself, and my husband was just coming in the door. And my daughter, Danielle, and I are trying to get Grandma up. And I'm like, Mom, just bend your knee. Mm-hmm. And she looks at me, and she holds up her hand, and with, with her pointer finger, she bends it, and she goes, okay. You know, like bending her pointer <laughs> finger is her knee. Now, yeah. that that's not even the yeah. funny part. So, you know, we're kind of giggling, and she's giggling, and you want to keep her giggling because I don't want her scared, yeah. you know. So you want her in right. a happy space. So Tom and I are behind her, and we're trying to lift her up, and there are – we we kind of got we we pulled the rug out from underneath her because that was kind of screwing us up. So we just had a hard floor underneath, and uh-huh. we're we're trying to lift her up, and her legs are straight. And so as we're lifting them up, she is like uh-huh. walking up the wall, and so I, 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 so I'm yelling at my daughter, you know, kick her knee down, like bop her behind her knee so her yeah. leg will drop, you know, and and my husband's yeah. like it's. Not funny. It's not funny. And Danielle and I—I I mean, I almost teed my pants. My mom was laughing so hard, <laughs> but we had to get her up, and we couldn't communicate yeah. normally because she couldn't make those movements to her body. And then we got her in a standing position, and right. I think we all just ran to go to the bathroom because we were—we were laughing so hard. But it was just—you know—that pointer finger bending, going, "Yep, I'm compliant. I bent my knee." Yep. Yep. And you know, and yep. you, you again—you can't argue with it. You can't get. I mean, you can. You can get mm-hmm. mad and go, Mom, that's not your knee. You know, bend your knee and mm-hmm. then whack her knee. It's not going to make any difference, and it's not going to improve the no. situation, and it's not going to move you forward. And, and Right, so, because that I, dis- there's a disconnect in her brain, and she yeah. was trying to make her knees bend when she bent yeah. her finger. And and yeah. it's just, the, it doesn't work correctly. Things don't communicate. They don't They don't convey correctly. It starts from the right side of the brain with the thought that's going out, but then by the time it gets to the mouth, it comes out as something different. And they mm-hmm. don't realize a lot of times that they've said a different word. As, because no. my mother-in-law, I went to a, a drive through and I asked her if she wanted a drink, and she said yes. And I said, what would you like? And she said, I'll have a Dawson Packer. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there's not a Dawson Packer, but I know that she loves Dr. Pepper. So mm-hmm. I ordered her. I just said, oh, okay, all right, and I just ordered Dr. Pepper because mm-hmm. if I'd have pointed out or made a big deal out of the fact that she said the wrong word, it would have stressed her out, upset her, made the disease progress faster, and it accomplishes nothing. So yep. instead, I knew what she was trying to say, so I just acted like she said the right word and ordered it for her. And mm-hmm. that all comes from learning your person. Caregivers need to really learn their person. Learn their likes yep. and dislikes while they can still communicate it so that then when you get to the charades point, which I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, when they can't say the words but they're doing the motions or they, you know, I just, it was just so much fun when they'd smack you and say, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, 
I don't have a clue, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) So the better you can learn them, the easier your life will be. (laughs) And I heard a really great tip last week uh, that I'm going to do. It was really pretty awesome. This, uh, This lady, and I've forgotten who, but she was saying, write a journal about yourself. Write down all the foods that you like and dislike, the drinks you like and dislike, everything. Write down about what TV shows you like to watch, what music you like to listen to, and put it all down and leave it in a book. Because then Mm -hmm. if you get, if you wind up with dementia, you've already written a guidebook on how to take care of yourself. Yep. Some of that. Yep. And, and, you know, it's about not being afraid about doing those things. It's about smart living. You want people to know those things. It's going to make your life better. It's going to make their life so much easier, you know, to have Uh these discussions. Put this thought into it because there is nothing worse than than guessing and then as a care partner, Uh second guessing and third guessing and fourth guessing the decisions that you're making. Um, that adds a lot of stress that just doesn't need to be there. And then also knowing just because they wrote it down doesn't mean it's going to work either. You know, things, things are fluid. And so don't give up. Don't make that. Well, that's what they said. Well, it's the rest of their knowledge. That's yeah. Just like, just like we change. And, Uh and again, I, I think sometimes people, you know, look at it like, you know, well, you know, it, it's, they don't look at it in a in a reality mode sometimes of life is fluid and we are constantly adjusting and just because dementia knocks on your door doesn't mean you should give up that that um ability to be spontaneous you know routines are fine mm-hmm. to a point but when they're causing more stress than comfort uh-huh. things need to adjust and it's usually us as care partners i've found exactly with dementia yeah, exactly. So. Well, and when I was care- started caregiving, I didn't know that they, by mid-disease, it's like they have binoculars on. Their vision is limited. I wasn't aware of that. And that's how you mm-hmm. startle people when you walk up from their blight side, because mm-hmm. if you have binoculars around your eyes, you don't have peripheral vision. And they mm-hmm. don't. And, and yep. I didn't realize that. And I didn't realize that they generally catch one out of every four words. Exactly. How hard is that? That's so tough to understand what you're saying, especially if it's an action word. And I just, I just love it. With my mom, I'll say, um, "Mom, let's go to the bathroom," and she'll say, "Okay," and she doesn't move a muscle. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Come on, mom, let's go to the bathroom." Okay. Yeah. Doesn't move at all. <laughs> yep. But, but totally okay. thinks she's compliant. Totally thinks she's compliant. Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. So there's tips and things that you can do that, you know, thank heaven. I've I've learned a lot now. I wish I would have known it at the beginning. I could have been a much better caregiver for my dad, particularly, and also for my mother-in-law. But um, at least I know now. So I'm helping mom. Well, but, you know, part of this learning journey, though, too, I am really, really grateful for because it allows people to get creative and create services, products, and tools that maybe we uh-huh. wouldn't do if we thought we if we thought everyone else had it figured out. True, and, that is true. And, and so I don't think we would be as progressive 
if we um, if we didn't feel lost, if we didn't allow that creative part of us to go, gosh, I think there's a better way, or boy, I realized I learned this and it was really, really helpful. And, um, you know, maybe someone else could use this as well. That's one of the things that I love even about doing the show here is getting people to understand that what they learn is powerful and someone else out there needs their knowledge. Because so often I think uh-huh. most people living with dementia and their care partners, they kind of poo-poo that they know anything because they feel so overwhelmed with all the stuff they don't know. They're not uh-huh. looking at all the stuff they've learned. And that's what I love about like Dementia Map, which you are part of, our global resource directory, uh-huh. is is getting people to share because everybody learns at different levels in different ways. And so we need multiple uh-huh. sources in order to, to grow and, and do better. Gosh, I can't I can't believe we've only got about seven minutes to go. These shows always go so fast and we're having fun conversations uh-huh. like this. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell us what you're doing now? Because I know you're doing some coaching and consulting. And, and then maybe uh-huh. if there are um, – a few tips or wishes that you you want uh, care partners to know about as well. Okay, yes. Um, I've gotten my certification through Tipa Snow. If you don't know about her, she's amazing. (laughs) She has tons and tons of YouTube videos and everything else that are so helpful for caregivers. So I got my caregiving uh, certification through her and the uh, consulting certification and then I have my uh, certified advocate as well to help with caregiving needs. And so then I do speeches. I do a lot of those traveling around and speaking to um, typically senior groups, whoever whoever has the need, you know, book mm-hmm. clubs as well, to generate awareness. And um, like one I did a couple of days ago was just on caregiver tools that you need. Mm-hmm. And so I started off with what I thought, but then opened it up for questions, and I wound up going completely different directions because I want to meet the needs of those people that I come in contact with. And uh, my website is thepurplevine.com, and I named it the Purple Vine, purple because it's the Alzheimer's color, and it's also my favorite color, so it worked out well. But a vine because with my training background, I'm used to a linear process, and I'm used to Mm -hmm. a step-by-step and you do A and then B and then C. With dementia, that's all out the window. You mm-hmm. you go forward, two steps forward, one back, one curves around to the right, and then you're curving to the left like a vine. So a vine twists and curves and goes different directions. And and so that's why I named it the purple vine. And also because I didn't want to be pigeonholed into just doing like just doing one type of book or something like that, because as you noted, I have a wide variety because I'm trying to meet the needs and we have more than just one need out there. There's a lot of different needs. Mm-hmm. And so I I try to listen to those that I come in contact with and find out what their needs are and then find a way to meet that need. Mm-hmm. And um, you said, what do I wish caregivers knew? I wish that they knew that they are not alone. Resources are available. Dimension Map that you mentioned has tons of great resources out there. Um, you know, the Alzheimer's Association has a website with a with a lot of, they do more of the steps and stages and things like that, not so much of the practical. My blog has practical tips, and if somebody's on my um, mailing list, 
through the newsletter on my website, then you'll get once a week updates and just general information, general tips and pointers and things. And um, and then I guess I think the main thing is that I mentioned earlier that your your person, your care receiver, is not trying to give you a hard time. And I just say that again because I've had several people lately tell me that they're doing this to spite me. They're mm-hmm. not. That tells me that this is a person who does not understand how dementia works. They're doing the best that they can. Their brain is working so much harder than ours. They have to, when you walk into a room, they don't immediately know who you are. They're discerning the shape, figuring out it's a person, figuring out if they know the person, trying to identify who you are. And then you're talking and moving and asking them to do something, and they're trying to figure out what it was you said and what it is that you want them to do. This is why they need extra sleep. Their brains are just churning, working in overtime, trying. They want to be compliant, but they can't understand you. So we use if we use more rhythm, because your rhythm is more retained, so rock back and forth, imitate the motion that you want them to do. You know, if you're going to brush their hair, hold the brush right straight in front of them first so they can see it. Remember I told you about the, the binocular vision. They can't see it mm-hmm. if you've got it way off to the side somewhere. And then they're startled when you all of a sudden grab a hold of their pants when they said it was okay, you know, for you to help them. They didn't understand yep. what you said. So yep. mimic, you know, model the behavior first in front of them so they can see and that's easier for them to understand. You almost have to think about it like you're playing charades all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's the easiest way to communicate with someone with dementia. And yep. then call me. That's what I'd like for them to do. If I can help, if you need a personal consultation, if you need, you know, one-on-one advice, if you whatever whatever the need, just, you know, let me know and don't don't suffer in silence. There's lots of ways even if it's difficult conversations, I can help you with learning how to have it too. So help yep. is available. Don't suffer in silence. Uh, that's that's really good advice. And I know sometimes it's really hard when you're feeling really down to reach out. But people are so yes. compassionate and they understand that you're you're depressed or you're angry because they've been there. Yeah, been there. They they get those emotions. Yep. So it's nothing that you have to hide. Granted, you don't want those emotions to come out and hurt yourself or anyone else. And so right. that's one of the things that, that I have learned with this group um, is so compassionate, so understanding, mm-hmm. and so supportive because everyone's kind of been there, been there, done that, right. did that, understand that yeah. it is it is maybe not normal aging, but it is the new normal that you're living within. So, again, people uh-huh. can go to thepurplevine.com. She is also on LinkedIn under Debbie Compton. And then Facebook, you can find her on uh-huh. caregiving.book. And uh, Pinterest, she is on as Compton1788. Um, to our listeners, I want to thank you all. And I hope you like, click, and share. I think this was just a fun, wonderful conversation. And I hope that you found um, great resources and, and comfort in our conversation today. Again, uh, Debbie, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it very much. Thank, thank you so much for having me on, Lori. Thank you. 
Wonderful. And um, you know, feel free to, again, go to DementiaMap.com for additional resources or check out Alzheimer'sSpeaks.com. We've updated it. So we do have one full page that's just loaded with free educational resources as well. And again, um, you know, a big, big thank you to, to Debbie and what she has done with her life and uh, this mission to help the rest of us, you know, walk this path in a gracious way. I, I just kudos kudos to you. So check out our website, thepurplevine.com. Bye, everyone. Take care. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.